Hi ladies, it's good to have you back. I've been waiting to talk to you. We're still here talking about our series about being in a holding pattern in waiting seasons of life. In session one, I told you we need to be diligent in examining what it is we're waiting for because it's not always as clear as we initially thought it was, right? And in session two, I challenged you to consider the purpose in our seasons of waiting. At least if you don't see it now and maybe you don't really feel it, at least I hope that you can agree that there are reasons why we have to wait. And so often that is just part of God's plan for us. You looked in your study questions about people in the Bible who had to wait, and you got to see a little insight into, into God's plan. Now we have the luxury, when we read the Bible, we get to see the whole story in Scripture. We get to see the waiting, and we get to see the end. So we get to see a little different perspective. In our own lives, we have to believe that God will do the same for us if He's called us to wait. And we've agreed we don't like waiting, so we're all on the same page with that. Isn't it funny how in our seasons of waiting, like one holiday doesn't even end in a store before the next one begins. We're constantly waiting on things like our children to learn responsibility. We're waiting on the people around us to kind of grow up. Some of you are waiting on God to, to train up a little husband for you so that he's ready when you are. Props to Chick-fil-A for taking all the waiting out of drive through They've done a good job. Sometimes we're waiting and sometimes we're not. We're waiting on the emotional pain to go away. We're waiting on wisdom to deal with our parents or our children, waiting on our circumstances to change. We're forced to wait. Here's the thing. When I'm forced to wait, I can almost be okay with it if I know the timeline. Would you agree with that? For example, when you're pregnant, you know that it's going to be about nine months before you hold that baby. There's nothing you can do about that to speed that up. You're, you're not gonna get pregnant and then have your baby in three months. That's not gonna, gonna happen. There is a timeline. Or whenever you are turning 16, you want to legally drive, you know you can't do that until you're 16. If we know there's a timeline, generally we can wait, even if we don't like it. We can handle that better than a moving target of ambiguity. So we agree to wait. But if we're forced to wait too long, that's when we get a little bit grumbly. There are most seasons in life where we're waiting that have no expiration date, waiting for heartache to heal, waiting on answered prayer, waiting on God to change your situation. You know that He will, but you just don't know when, and it becomes exhausting to wait. Now, the example that I wanna take from Scripture this week is about Noah. It's found in Genesis 6 through 8. Now, even if you did not grow up in the church, it's likely that you know this story. So I'm going to take a few scriptures from Genesis 6 through 8, and I'm going to read those to you. We're going to talk about the story of Noah in the context of waiting. So I'm going to start in chapter 6, verse 5. It says, The Lord saw how great man's wickedness on the earth had become, and that every inclination of thoughts of his heart was only evil all the time. And the Lord was grieved so grieved that he had made man on the earth and his heart was filled with pain. So the Lord said, I will wipe mankind whom I've created from the face of the earth, men and animals and creatures that move along the ground and birds of the air. For I'm grieved that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. And so the, the story goes on that God tells Noah exactly what he wants him to do. He says, I want you to make this huge ark 
and he gives them all the dimensions of how it's supposed to be. And he tells them, you're going to take two of, of all the animals. I'm going to bring the animals to you. You're going to put them on the ark. And then I'm going to bring rain on the earth for 40 days and 40 nights. It says, this is uh, chapter 6, verse 22. It says, Noah did everything just as God commanded. So he made this ark. Chapter 7, verse 4 says, Seven days from now I will send rain on the earth for 40 days and 40 nights, and I will wipe the face of the earth from every living creature I have made. And Noah did all that the Lord had commanded. So Noah goes into the ark. It begins to rain for 40 days and 40 nights. Scripture says in verse 17, chapter 7, For 40 days the flood kept coming on the earth, and as the waters increased, they lift the ark high above the earth. Verse 24, the waters flooded the earth for 150 days. A lot of numbers there, but let's just unpack that. So Noah goes into the ark. God tells him it's going to rain for 40 days and 40 nights. Okay, that's a lot of rain, 40 days of rain. I don't like that, but that's a pretty firm timeline. Maybe he could get his mind around that. But as those 40 rainy days came to an end, and they were still stuck on that boat, what then? Because growing up as a little girl, I always thought, oh, Noah was in the ark for 40 days and 40 nights, and then I guess I just thought they magically came out. But the truth of scripture is that no one was leaving on day 41, because scripture just told us that the earth was flooded for 150 days, even more so. On day 41, what do you think started to happen? Did they grumble with each other? Did they sit around and think up conspiracy theories? Did they think God has forgotten us? Did they think he is a fraud? Did their faith grow weak? Did they turn on each other? What was happening in their season of waiting? Genesis 7:23, like I said, says that he wiped out everything on the earth and only Noah was left with those, with those that were in the ark with him. The very next verse says this, Genesis 8, 1, the waters flooded the earth for 150 days. Now, days 41 through 150, no one knows what happened. There was just a lot of waiting. Did you know that it was even another four months before he sent that raven out? It wasn't just those 40 days. This whole journey turned into almost a year. I would start to think, God, this is taking too long. 40 days, 40 nights, that's what I agreed to. And here we are almost a year later, and we are still on this boat. I would think this is taking too long. He sent ravens, he sent doves. Even after that dove came back and brought the olive branch, it was still about three and a half months before they got off the ark. This is taking too long. You told me 40 days and 40 nights, and that's what I signed up for. How often do we feel the same way? How often do we think, I know this is gonna be a hard season of life, and I can endure this, but once it goes one or two days more than that, we're done, we're out. As I mentioned, we're recording this during the whole coronavirus pandemic. Many of us thought, I'll agree to stay home for two weeks, but at the three week mark, I'm out of here. I'm going to Lowe's, I'm going to Hobby Lobby, I'm going to Target. If we know a timeline, we can usually manage it. It's when we don't understand the timeline that we start to get agitated and we start to think, maybe God forgot us. Maybe he is not true to his word. There's two key points that I want you to see this week as we walk through this. 
key point number one, when we're talking about waiting, something is happening when nothing is happening. Now, it's so easy for us to look at this story in its entirety and think, well, it turned out great, just like God said it was. He was going to create this whole new world for them. He was going to wipe out all the, the bad stuff, all the bad people, all the evil, and it was going to be beautiful again. We can see that because we get to look at the beginning and the end of this story. But I don't, just don't know if I were Noah if I could have done that for a year. You know, waiting often produces discouragement. I feel that in my own life. For those of you that are waiting for something, do you ever feel discouraged? Like, I know there's a purpose in waiting, but this is, this is just taking too long and I don't even know what to do. Scripture said Noah had been faithful before this whole flood, so would he be faithful again? I mean, you wanna know what someone is made of? Put them on a huge cruise ship with all their family members and every animal in the world for 10 months longer than they originally planned and see what happens. Maybe we all just need more opportunities to build our faith, don't we? As they entered that ark, something was happening even when they felt nothing was happening. God was restoring the world. He was making it new. He was preparing a place for them. If they had left the ark on day 42, they would have drowned. If they had left on day 150, day 200, day 300, day 325, they would have starved. But waiting until God's appointed time, and He painted a welcome home sign across that sky in vivid colors, a rainbow to remind them of His faithfulness. Waiting isn't wasted. Habakkuk 2.3 says this, for the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. Not always in our timing. God's timing is perfect even when you don't think it is. The first time Noah sent out a dove and it came back with nothing, Noah may have felt like nothing is happening, but something was happening. Those little seeds that he couldn't see were buried under the soil and they were starting to take root. Things that we cannot see. We know that's true because later the dove found some vegetation and then he didn't return. And that's just how God works. Something is always happening even when it seems that nothing is happening. Think about what you listed in session one. What are you waiting for? Can you agree that something may be happening while nothing is happening that you can see? That's key point one. Key point two is this, while we wait, we must take action. When your kid comes to you and they have a loose tooth and they, they come in, they're like, oh, my tooth is a little bit loose. What do you do? You say, well, we'll wiggle it or just move it around with your tongue or maybe eat an apple. You, you just do whatever you can to get them one, closer, one step closer to a hole in their mouth. You'd be a pretty terrible mom if they came in and said, my tooth is loose and you just take a pair of pliers and you just pull that, that tooth right out. That's not good. Waiting can be a very busy season if it's done correctly. In your study notes this week, you're gonna look at these things more in depth. There are some things that we can do, some actions we must take in our seasons of waiting. The very first thing is this, write this down. First thing that we do, we pray. This has to be the first thing. I know it sounds like a Sunday school answer, but think about it. What do little kids do when they want something? They go to you and they ask you. 
It's the same with God. When you are waiting for something, when you're in a season of life where you don't know what to do next, you're in a holding pattern, we pray and we ask Him. Because Jeremiah 33, 3 says this, Call to me and I will answer you and I will tell you great and hidden things that you have not yet known. Philippians 4, 6 through 7, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus. Too often, we say we're just waiting on God, and yet we've never taken our lament to Him. We've never poured out our soul and surrendered to Him. Are we really waiting on Him, or are we just whining to anyone who will listen? I've been guilty of that. So the first thing is pray. The second thing is observe truth. Because here's the thing, what goes in a mind comes out in a life. Reading and meditating on Scripture is one of the best and most effective ways to develop perseverance and patience. For example, if you're desiring for God to bring you a husband and you're waiting on that, ladies, are you spending time watching The Bachelor? I said that out loud. Or reading God's Word for those 60 minutes. What are you putting into your mind? Romans 10:17 says, So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the Word of Christ. If we want to grow our faith, we have to grow the time that we spend in God's Word, the time that we are listening or reading truth. Psalm 119:105 says, Your Word is a lamp to my feet, and a light to my path. In seasons of waiting, one of the things that you do is observe truth. Read God's Word. Listen to worship music. Soak all that in. Soak in the Word of God. The third thing is this. Meditate on His faithfulness and believe Him. Believe God. Believe that He's telling the truth, as Priscilla Shire would say. Trust in His faithfulness. I like to think about the times that He's been so faithful to me, and I, I'll tell myself, if He's been faithful to me in those things, surely He will be faithful to me in these. Hebrews 10.23 says, Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for He who promised is faithful. Now, I didn't grow up with an extravagant life, but we always had enough. For a number of years, my mother was a single mom, and she just really, really believed God would provide for us, and she modeled that so well. She really taught us what it looked like to trust Him and to wait on Him in seasons where we were waiting for our little world to change. She would pray with us, and she would pray for us, and she'd probably pray against us at times, but she would model for us what it looks like to believe God and to trust His faithfulness. The fourth thing is this, learn all you can. I think a lot of people fail to do this. They fail to prepare to receive. Do you want to be married? Then learn all you can. Maybe you read books about marriage. Maybe you talk to women that you admire that have a really good marriage. Ask questions. Do you want a different job? Maybe while you're waiting for that next job to come along that you learn a new skill or you take a class. Are you raising children that are making you crazy sometimes? Maybe you talk to other moms who have had children who have gone before you. Maybe you read some parenting books. Maybe you attend some kind of seminar, a conference about parenting. Whatever it is, just learn something. Don't just sit there, learn something. 
Now I want to tell you something that is challenging, but I think it would be a helpful step if you can do it. Ask the people closest to you. Ask them this question, what do you see in my life that may need some development while I wait for whatever it is? That's a hard question to ask someone. You better be ready for the answer. But learn all you can and, and ask other people. The fifth thing is this, wait expectantly. Now we will find what we're looking for every time. I say this to my kids all the time. When they come in and they say, this has been the worst day ever, I say, you're gonna find what you're looking for. If you're, if you're deciding this is gonna be a terrible day, it's gonna be a terrible day. Or, and I tell them, like, if you just have a better attitude and you just expect today to go well, it's probably gonna go better. But we're gonna find what we're looking for every time. Go back to Noah with his family on the ark. You see his expectant waiting when he sent out a raven. He was expecting a sign, some direction from God. And then he had to wait longer and he sent out a dove. Now first it came back with nothing. Scripture says he waited and he sent out another one who came back with an olive branch. As Noah waited, he sent it again and then it didn't return. So he knew that something had happened. We see Noah waiting expectantly for God. I just picture him out there on the ark and just releasing this bird and saying, now Lord, now is it time? I believe will you will lead us off of here. We've been here almost a year. Is it time yet? I just picture him like that. While we wait, we have to be expectant that God will not forget us that He is working all things together for our good, that in His time, we will receive His best for us. Psalm 41 says this, I waited patiently and expectantly for the Lord, and He was inclined to hear me and heard my cry. James 1, 5 through 7, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting for the one who doubts, is like a wave of the sea that's driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive any from anything from the Lord. Keep your eyes open and expect God to be who He says He is. Something is happening even when nothing is happening. And while you wait, do something. If you've ever given birth, you can quickly identify with these two things. When you're pregnant, when you're first pregnant, there's nothing to see. Your body doesn't look any different, but something is happening in secret. Something is happening while nothing seems to be happening. So while you wait, you do something. You read books about parenting. You get the nursery ready. You wash tiny little baby clothes. You buy diapers. You get ready. Don't waste a season of waiting. Do something while you're in a holding pattern. In this series about waiting, it may be time for you to make a move. And when the time comes, you follow God's lead and you step out with courage. Be brave to take the next step, confident He has prepared you. Whatever it is you're waiting for, let us be women who press into the Lord while we wait on His best for us. Do something while you wait. Next week, we're going to finish and we're gonna talk about the dangers of rushing ahead. You don't wanna miss that one. So check your study questions this week and unpack those things that you can be doing now to prepare to receive God's best for you.